watch it. Drink it in. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Big Six podcast. Today we are going to be doing a Q&A as I don't really think anyone cares too much about international football. So yeah, that, uh, we've gone with that approach. We asked for your guys' questions on Twitter. So thank you for everyone who sent them in. So we think we've answered, uh, going to cover every question that's been answered. But sorry if we haven't for any reason, but I'm pretty sure we have. But well, before we get started, I'll introduce uh, who's with me today. So Matt's here again. Hello guys, hope you're all doing well. And Tay as well. You are guys. Just the three of us today, but yeah, hopefully that's good enough for your entertainment purposes. But <laughs> before we get started, we'll just cover the sort of main story that has broke out in the football world this week. And that is the fact that Sergio Aguero is leaving Manchester City after 10 brilliant years at the club. I'm sure Dan would have loved to be us, uh, with us on this one, but unfortunately <laughs> he couldn't. But we will gas up Aguero on his behalf. So... I think you could sort of see it coming, to be honest. But when I did see it, I was still a bit shook, to be honest. It's, I've never it, really known Aguero anywhere else, really. Yeah, I know he had a brief stint elsewhere, it's, but... It's one, of, it's one of them like Ronaldo, isn't it? Like, you see him leave and you're like, surely not. Like, it's like, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just Aguero. Like, it was, like you see, you sort of knew it was coming, but you don't expect it's still going to hit twice as hard when it comes. Do you know what I mean? It's like... I didn't. I didn't know whether they were going to wait till the end of the season or, but I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I mean he. We won't debate on order or anything because that would take way too long. But he is undoubtedly one of the best strikers in the league. He's, he's, yeah, seen. he's up there for me. He will be I a big miss. Yeah. However, obviously, there's a few things to talk about. First of all, I feel like it is the right time. I think I know he's had injuries and stuff, but the last sort of year, eighteen months, when he has played, I think. I wouldn't say poor, but ineffective maybe is the best way to say it. So I think a lot of players have sort of overstayed their welcome at clubs and not tarnished their legacies, but gone out a bit sad, yeah. you know. But I think yeah. even at the exact right time, I don't know what you guys yeah, think I about. Agree with that. Just a question as well, um, which we don't have like in the Q&A or anything, but do you think someone like Luis Suarez, who left Barca, looked like he was fully on the decline, but has fully picked up Atletico, would give like Aguero inspiration that even if he doesn't look his old self, he can still really kick on and prove a point at a new club when some people may think he's finished in quotation marks? Yeah, I think, I, I yeah, think he's got a lot left to give, to be fair. I, I, I still think he's got another few seasons in him. He might not be able to play 50 yeah. games a season. Well, I know he won't be able to play 50 games a season, but I still think he'll be very useful to a team. I don't, uh, think, yeah, I don't think he's... You know, I don't think he's finished in Europe. I feel like he doesn't have to go over to. I know he will go back to Argentina eventually, but I feel like. Think in two could, years, maybe. Two yeah, years, but I, I do think maybe. he's going to have to go to a club that's going to create him a lot of chances, because I don't really think he can put himself about like he's doing more. Like <laughs> I mean, yeah, but <laughs> I feel like obviously the, the initial that, uh, strong links was... for him have been Barcelona, and I think if Messi leaves and Aguero comes in, I think that'd be a disaster personally. Yeah. Well, surely, Agu- surely Aguero coming in, like, will uh, you know, like, tempt Messi to stay a little bit as they are. So, close, I, I don't. Yeah. See, that's. I the think thing. they want to play together for like a bit. Current yeah. Aguero is not a top class striker anymore, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course not. But he's still an upgrade on what they have right now. And what, he you think is... he's better than Griezmann? I know well, they don't necessarily play the same position, but yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, like even. You know, like with respect to Dembele, he's still young as well. But he's right now, if you can get, if you can keep him fit for like an extended period of time, he's definitely better than those two, in my opinion. And the fact he is so close with, um, he is so close with Messi as well. You know, it might you know tip the tip the scale. I don't know, but 
where else? Uh, obviously, there's been Min Chelsea. Yeah, but I, don't, I think that's I don't sort of just it. people making it up. I, I don't actually, that. I haven't actually <laughs> yeah. seen anything. That Why would you guys actually that. want to see him? Where would I want to see him? As Well, I'd, obviously I'll he's see. caused United a lot of terror over the years, but I'm not scared of him like <laughs> I used to be, so I wouldn't mind if he stayed in the Prem. For me, Aguero is the player, him and Hazard, and I hate to say Hazard because, you know, I, I, I think he's a top player, but his fans annoy me. Him and Hazard are the two. Whenever they step foot on a pitch, it's like you are terrified. You are so scared for your defenders. I don't think anyone else has that effect. They're the last two to have it. Rooney had it. Aguero had it. And like I say, Hazard had it. And in my life, I don't think I've seen anyone else with it other than, you know, Messi and Ronaldo. Like, that's how highly he is up there. I, I saw something today. He has to be like the um, the most respected Premier League player ever among like every fan base. Cause, to be fair, like, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, I could see that. Obviously, I don't like him after the 2012 moment. <laughs> However, I can't yeah. deny how good he has been for them. And, you know, he's a, he's a great personality and he will certainly be missed. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't really I don't really know any other potential destinations because, like I said, I don't think, like like a club that's trying to win a Champions League or whatever, I don't think he, I don't think he's a sort of player that's going to drag that anymore. Like, do I you don't... think, it, it sounds, it, maybe I'm just living in a, in a dream world here, but do you ever think that Aguero, he could go back to Atletico Madrid as well? I mean, ignore Suarez for a minute. Like, forget Suarez is there. Do you think he could go back to Atletico? I think one of Felix or Suarez would have to go because to yeah. have all three at the club is just not really fair yeah, just... on any of them. Like, other, I don't. There's really been much talk about Suarez leaving. Obviously, Felix needs a move, in my opinion, but I don't know who's going to pay the money. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't know who'd want to pay the money that it would take to take him out of Atletico. So City. I could see it, but realistically, with those two being there, and I can't see either of them leaving, so probably not. Well, if City opt to sign to Felix instead of Holland, I think there's one thing you've got to think about though as well. Every every top club as well wants the younger generation of players. There's a very few select clubs who actually want to buy the older players, unless it's like an unbelievable exception, like a Messi type. So yeah. a team like PSG, I would I'd see I wouldn't really. They don't see really them, need to do that. You know, wouldn't see a team like Real Madrid going for him. I wouldn't see, you know, like I think there's very few teams. Maybe Atletico Madrid are one of the few teams which would maybe somewhere in Italy. But would he want to go to? Do you think it? Do you think it would be um, a team it. in the Champions League? Juve would just it. It would make sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> just the time. Well, if, if it's not a team do. in the Champions League, who's it going to be? He's too good to uh, a, a player of his calibre should not be playing Europa League. I don't care no, if he's Europa League level now, which I don't think he is. But seeing him play Europa League would be horrible. He might well, just I, go straight to Argentina as well. That's also yeah, he could do. I could see that to be honest. I really could because yeah. like I'm thinking now who he could potentially go to. Juventus. I, I, I reckon he'll go to a club, but it'll just make no sense. Like, we, we spoke a few weeks ago about Juventus needing to build from the bottom and you'll know, sort of yeah. make a new young core. But you know, I could see a club like uh, them going for him. What, to be honest, what about Alinsa? Actually, yeah. yeah, it's not a bad shout. Very good shout because Lukaku and Martinez are both linked, linked away. them in the past as well. Yeah, I think they have been. Yeah, but they're both like both their strikers have been linked away, and I don't think Lukaku will leave. Martinez might if Barcelona can pull out the money from somewhere because I know they love him but for whatever not- reason. Try like do something with Latoro and Aguero. What and Lukaku? No, not Lukaku. Oh, I mean, Latoro going. I mean, if they if they do, for example, if Chelsea really are in for Lukaku or City are real, because in my opinion, 
if you can't if City can't get Haaland and Bala sounds with Raiola, like you, they might not be able to. Lukaku's the second best option on the table. No and if City if City can get Lukaku in, I've got um I've got no no reason why Inter shouldn't go and get Aguero to partner, you know, like Argentina. I actually think I think that is a brilliant shout from you. I think that is the club yeah. that would make most sense. Yeah. to go for him, to be honest. I mean, I haven't and it'll seen be cool any to see him so there as well. You've seen quite a few rejuvenated players go to Inter, look like they're, you know, down and out, and then go Inter and look a different player. Obviously, that's what Inter do. You know, they've got players like Ashley Young, Victor Moses, a whole herd of players. Damian. Who, aren't, who haven't made it elsewhere across Europe, but they come to Inter and it's been a fresh, breath of fresh air for him. So I'm sure yeah. Aguero will keep that door open. Sergio, if you're listening, there's your club, mate. <laughs> doing all the hard work also Sergio yeah. mate once you've uh, left City if you want to give us you know come on the pod for a bit and give us your best if you're looking for a new business opportunity <laughs> we, need, we need to replace Dan so yeah I mean wouldn't be a bad replacement I suppose but we will move on from that subject obviously massive news that's come out we didn't actually expect to talk about any news but it was too big of a story to ignore but yeah we'll move on to the actual Q&A now so thank you again to everyone who sent in their questions we'll start with Tom I guess from the last episode so thanks very much for sending us a question and that is who do we think are the top three managers in the world currently and someone take this off me because I have no idea well Pep Guardiola's got to be in there's only one of three the rest of them is like a lottery because it's the same consistency. You'd yeah. say clock was, and then they fell off this season. So you still, uh, for me, still, I think, I think top two. To. Yeah, you still got to say Klopp. But well, Klopp, Klopp won. Didn't Klopp win like manager of um, man, the best manager in Europe last season? And it depends when you say right now. Do you mean as of the last two weeks or as of the last? Wow, well, I suppose you've got, to take, you've, you've got to take into consideration like career and changing. form. I suppose sort of. You're not phased Dan then. Yeah, well, it's just all changing like constantly. You know? The yeah. question is still there with him. Like you, people don't really know do how good of a coach. Now, yeah, well, yeah. I suppose he hasn't got yeah. how good of a coach he really is. He's only really been at. By the way, I don't actually think he's a top three coach in the world to Dan at all. But like, I don't know. It's it's a really. I feel like he's really interpreted. It's a really interpreted question because do you judge it on the last three years of success? Do you judge it on? Who's been playing the best recently? Do you judge it on last season? You he's, know? He's, he's like Steve really? Kerr. He's getting a free run because they they lost uh, Ronaldo and when they lost Curry. You know, can he, he win it? Again. Can he win it without him? It's the question. Yeah. Uh, so, if he ever leaves Real Madrid, I don't think he's going to go to another club. I think he is just going to be the leg. Whether you like him as a coach or not, the fact that he's won three Champions Leagues, like, it's not. Yeah, it's not. You I know, didn't him, it's, not up, yeah. it's not up for debate. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. But Well, we need to throw a few more names in then. Obviously, I rate Pochettino very highly, I'm, but the person that's never won a trophy. No chance for me. I, I, the thing is, I don't want to. I don't want to sound biased and you know say Klopp is, but I just feel like Klopp has to get, has to. You know, if he's not well, in the top three, he has to be on the borderline. Because no, nah, of course he's in. The, I been, think he's in the top three. This yeah. season hasn't been great, but you know. I, I kind of don't want to. I kind of don't want to throw in as well, like just a normal Pep, Klopp, Zidane. Like, what other like, outside names do we have? Which well, what about know, international? Yeah, you always got. To They're go. all just so like like Deschamps won the World Cup, but like he's just a confusing manager. Like I don't think there's many big like great names in the international management scene. Yeah, too. you've got Lowe, who's probably leaving Germany. Southgate, what a manager! Stop it. Who, who's Spain's manager again? Are they still got? Um... Luis Enrique, is it not? Yeah, Luis Enrique. Yeah, it's also. Mad. 
But I don't. It, I... It's, that is such a hard question. Like for me, Pep's obviously there. Klopp's there for me, and that third one, I could, I couldn't tell you. Like it's so hard. To Zidane, sadly. Do you know what? I think I don't think he is, and this is definitely a hot topic. But Tuchel deserves to be in the running for it. Oh yeah, 100%. yeah, that's a good shout, actually. I, I can't, Based I can't think of another group. manager right now that's doing, you know, doing a good, a good enough job. Even in context of what you know, the job they've been given, and and it's gonna sound biased, but again, not top three, nowhere near top three. But Gerard should be in the running as well for what he's had. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, this the Scottish league is a two horse race, but to do so well in Europa League as well, like also for what, Celtic. When you think won- about it, I know they're falling apart, but they're meant to be the team which always cruises the league by like what twenty yeah, points been, every year. They have been the last Rangers few years, yeah. Reversed to reversed it completely and that's all credit to Stephen Gerrard. We need to put a name on it. And also, I wanna I wanna <laughs> throw one more in the mix. Who yeah. does deserve to be there regardless of, you know, a bit of a fall off recently and that's Simeone. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know why got me. Got that. Yeah. Even Conte Conte's an interesting shout. Conte um, could be up there. For me, I've got I've I've said my one and two for really three for me yeah. it's either um it's either too cool Simeone or I was gonna say and it's just gonna be such a hot take as well but um Kovac at Monaco because I don't think he has been the third best coach in the world but I think a lot of people wrote him off after after buying for whatever reason and like, but you have to remember with... like the state Monaco room before he got there. Where, you know, like he's brought through a lot of youth. I know Monaco do have a great youth system, but he's brought through a lot of these players, and you know, like they've been much, much better. Like they're playing some of the best football. Like again, I think what's wouldn't important be in my top with this three. question, though, I think what's really important with this question is that it's very like subjective to say. Like the first three names, I think, are fairly more or less like obvious. You have to include Pep, you have to include um, Klopp, and you have to include one of Flick or like. Um, yeah, you know, I think. Something like that, but then the other, like, I think it's worth giving quite a few outside shouts. Yeah, of That's course. That's the best way of really, you know. Yeah, well, obviously, you've got, you've, there's a lot of great managers out there like Pochettino and the Galsman that haven't won anything in their career, so it feels like it's silly to rank them up that highly. However, you've got on the other side of the coin, you've got the likes of Simeone, Conte, that are trophy winners and have been great in the past. I think Conte is a good shout considering he's obviously done it over so many years and he's still like he's going to win the Scudetto this year. Like he's still very successful. However, the European campaign has to be taken into consideration. Simeone is obviously top of the league, you know, like... That Chelsea, that che- that Chelsea tie has done him no favours. Right? No, completely. Like, like, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Like, they fell off so much over the last couple of weeks. But I'm happy to go with him. I'm, I think it's going to have to think... be a flick, flick for me. Well, Flick, yeah. flick as well. We haven't I spoken think. about him. But obviously, I know people say you could walk into that team and win, whatever. But... To win the sex tuple well, is sensational. I know you like... gave, I know you gave Kovac um, the credit which he deserved it, but it, he he showed it's not always that easy. Exactly. As well. Yeah, so, I was going to say. Like, yeah. And I think going to a team like Monaco have been declining like in recent years, and yeah. you know there's less pressure on him to deliver if you know. What of I mean. course, yeah, of course, yeah. I wouldn't have him hired in Flick or anything. I just thought it was a good no. point to make. It's, it's a great, great manager. To Talking on fire really quickly. I've just seen that Lewandowski is going to be out for four weeks. So oh, that's wow, going to wow. be huge for the Champions League. Advantage PSG, eh? Advantage Bayern. Lewandowski's <laughs> out. <laughs> Get some help. Chip promoting. Anyway, we need a name. I'm going Flick. for Cl- Pep Klopp Flick in no order. I'm going 
Pep, Klopp, Flick in an order. Yep, I'll go with you lot then. Let's go with that. Oh, that's boring. We needed an outside shout there. I'll, I'll say, if, if I had to give right, one, it'd be... If I had to give one, it'd be Simeone or Conte. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so... You know, yeah. I'd say we're pretty much in agreement just about. But yeah, we'll move on to the next question. So thanks for that, Tom. Very interesting debate. And you know what? Let let us know what you guys think for that third spot because it's definitely up for grabs. Like I feel like there's a lot of shouts up there. Maybe we'll put a poll out on that to say who's the third. I think the top two are pretty much you know non-negotiable. But number three is definitely up for debate. But we'll move on now. And I really like this question from Josh at CTR Football, who is someone that we've attempted to get on the pod before. However. A lot of issues stop that one from going out. But yeah, we hope to get you on in the future. So thanks for the question. His question is, who was your favourite player growing up, not from your club? Obviously, I'm a United fan, Taze Liverpool, Matt's Arsenal. So we can't pick one of them. But I'll hand over to you, Matt, first. Have you got any names to throw about for this one? Hoping not to get passed on too fast. But here we are. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When I first read the question, I thought, you know, Arsenal player, that's easy. But then I saw not Arsenal player, that's, that's tough. I've always been a, like, a huge fan of Ronaldo. Like, he was my childhood player, I guess, growing up. But I'm not going to say him because it's just boring. Um, I'm trying to think of players. Like, Tay, you got any ideas for now? For me, there was a few. Um, obviously, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, my resp- At the time, I hated Rooney. But as I grew up, I learned to respect him so much. But the hatred was still there. Um... Obviously, players like David Villa. He was one of my first football kits I ever had. A Spanish 2010 David Villa kit. He's obviously up there. Messi speaks for himself, doesn't he? Like, magic every time you watch him. And another outside shout. I used to watch Real Madrid week in, week out when it was when, when they had um, when Sky had the La Liga rights. I used to love Jesse Rodriguez on his breakout season. He's one of my favourite players that year. Um, yeah, respect, to be fair. Uh, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's really weird. I used to watch Madrid every time, like Di Maria. Oh, it's, it's sending me back. But even even like old school, like French teams, like um, Gurkhoff and uh, is it Michel Bastos? Yeah, I think he was. Really ben awesome off, was. Yeah, yeah, like if I had to put my finger on one, I'd probably say it was either be David Villa or Samueletto. But there were so, so many, so many. Like, I could be here all day talking about it. And obviously, Messi will always be up there as well for me. For me, obviously, this is a bit of a scam answer because he ended up joining us. I'm 20 years old. So, like, the player I'm on about is Latan. Oh, he joined fair. us when I was 16. But yeah. before that, I was a massive fan of him anyway. So, like, he was one of my favourite signings we've ever made, obviously. He did very well yeah. for us, but it was disappointing what happened with his injury and stuff. But I don't know if I can count that, but he's definitely up there. Obviously, I, I side towards Ronaldo, but Messi obviously goes without saying. Growing up watching him as an absolute privilege. He is an incredible player and one of the best of all time, goes without saying. But I didn't really have too many. Obviously, I'd struggle to say somebody from a rival club. However, obviously, Gerard was incredible. Lampard, Drogba. I wouldn't say they were my favourite players, but they were incredible like to watch. I don't know. I'd probably say Zlatan, but I don't know if that counts. <laughs> um, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna request another answer there, mate. I'll, oh, Zlatan, I don't you put me on the spot. Um, 
you can do is even so like I, I don't see how you can't come up with answers. There's so many for me. Yeah. Watching Seth, like... watching Seth Fabregas as a kid, mate, maybe want to go outside and put like the maddest forty yard passes and put so much curl <laughs> on it, and I couldn't. But like I was inspired by these players. Even like I think even Glenn Johnson, I loved as a kid. It's it's mad. There's so many players. Maybe people say football was better years ago. And I, don't, I don't agree with that, but it definitely feels better looking back on it because it's what you grow up with. It's always it? how it is, though. Like, yeah. well, you look back at stuff, you think it's better. My really young years of watching football, I, I was seven years old when I saw Kaká Terras and Uwan in the Champions League. <laughs> obviously, Ronaldinho as well. Probably slightly too young for me, but yeah. obviously he was incredible as well. So I'm surprised those sort of names weren't brought up. I think Eto is a fantastic shout. He was amazing as well like what what years are you sort of talking like are you talking like early teens or all of it for me as a collective like i really yeah, started yeah. watching football with my dad when i was maybe nine like he got i wasn't interested in it for, for ages until i was like maybe year two or three at school and then it like it became you know cool to talk about who was the best player and i remember the first person to ever tell me the best footballer was messi and i had no idea who he was and it was year two or something best footballer in the world is messi and i was like what, what do you mean messi and I, man just from there it just opens up a massive you know like pathway into what about, you know, um, be what about neymar I, He'd never, be one of mine, to be honest. But like my, my biggest thing, I'll just say real quick. I, I have a bit of a different perspective, to be honest, because I only really got into football like properly watching it maybe 2012, 2011. So oh, missed I missed an uh, absolute ton of players, which is sad, and I regret that. But I mean, not much I can do. But yeah, it's, uh, you say what you want to do about Neymar, but he's definitely one of my favourites. I can respect Neymar massively, but for me, it just for some reason I've got this mindset in my head where everyone loves him I don't think I should I feel like, like he's got enough fans like, I don't need to you know Fair enough. yeah I, like, think, I, right, I don't more, know more of a Hesse head... Rodriguez sort of guy myself when when I was really young like you know going into secondary school if like if you're not from England that's basically like uh, you're 11 onwards obviously everyone I was much more biased as a football fan back then than I am now so I'd literally be in denial about any good player. I'd be like, oh, Gerard's rubbish. Oh, yeah. Torres was rubbish. But like now, I feel like I appreciate players a lot more. Like, I love Mbappe. Like, Haaland is one of my... Haaland's probably up there with, like, top five yeah, players I, like, I, that I love so I, much right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe I was too biased back there to appreciate... Um, <laughs> Your kids, though. That's much. what you do, isn't it? Like, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I grew up and, like, Liverpool were awful. Like, obviously, Liverpool, we won the Champions League with, like, 2005. But... Like, I was, like, four then, four or five then. Like, when I was in high school, like, we hadn't won anything for ages. We won the Carlin Cup, and that was it. And I grew up around Chelsea fans, United fans. And the only thing I had was Gerard Torres and Dirk Kite, like. And they were pulling out Lampard, Rooney, you know. Like, oh, like, so you just be in denial. No, they're not better than this player. They're not you know what I mean, though? Like, but, yeah, I thought everyone was a bit like that. Yeah, like... I'm not going to lie. Right now, I'm trying to think of a player who proper stands out. And like, I can think of, like, a few players who just great watching but I can't actually think of anyone who's like a proper properly loved what, what was your first uh, it's slightly off topic but what was your first proper footballing memory of like watching a game I mean my, my my first season I watched football was 2006 uh, 2007 where we won the title but I, I was a bit too young to really remember anything then but the one that sticks out for me was the Moscow final I was I'm not going to say that game made me a United fan because I was a United fan before but like watching it with my parents like 
to see how invested they were in it. And I, every time I watch like a tense game now, I feel like if I was as into football then, I could not have put up with that. Like I could, you could. I was only seven or eight years old, but I could just t- sense the tension of that game. Like, and that's what really got me into it even more than I already was. So I'd say that's probably one of my first sort of memories that game anyway. But I remember us winning the league against Wigan that season. Like I'd say that was my first proper season, two thousand and seven to eight. Which obviously, you know, winning the league is a good way to go into. But yeah, I mean, I was always going to be a United fan. My dad bought me up that way and tried to get me into it as early as possible. But I'd say that's probably about about the same age as most people get into it, to be fair. Because when you're any younger than that, you just don't have a clue. But yeah, yeah you no idea what, what was yours, uh, Tay, and yours, Matt? Um, mine, I think it was like, I went downstairs like one morning, so much of the day was on. It was like Arsenal v Blackburn, I think it was. It's like 2012 or something like that, or it was like the airport um, in South Africa. I saw Arsenal United was on the TV because my parents are United fans and stuff. That was interesting. Oh yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. yeah, mine, mine was different. I got a few. I can't remember which came first. My dad took me to a few games. One of them was, do you know the infamous? I don't know, Jeff. Um, Portsmouth Blackburn oh, yeah. at Fratton yeah. Park. I, I was at that game. I remember that. Really? Yeah, nil nil. Wow. I remember. If any of you remember Morgan Gammers Pedersen for Blackburn, oh, yeah. scored yeah. a free kick from the corner flag, and my dad went. My dad's a Blackburn fan, so like he's going, he's going mental. That I remember vividly. Um, I remember Lampard's Lampard's goal. That well, ghost goal against uh, Germany. Yeah. I do remember that. Watching that was that. my. I remember that was my first bit of emotion ever watching a game. I, I probably there probably was before, but I, that's the first time I've ever you know expressed some sort of you know displeasure towards a referee, and that yeah, was yeah. you know that was a long I just time um, ago, so. just the last thing I did want to say. My first ever game was in 2006. I watched England was my first ever game. I watched Old Trafford against Greece. We won four 0 I don't. Know, I wasn't really into it then, though. Like I just, so I went to a football game before I was actually really into it. But yeah, yeah I, I went with my football team. I went to watch England under twenty ones, and I can't remember who we played, but we won two 0 And I know Danny Rose scored. So <laughs> I've been about for a while. He's in his thirties now. <laughs> That's one for the age. <laughs> really. Anyway, we have we have gone quite a bit off topic, but yeah, another yeah. great question. Any, I'll probably say as well because I didn't really give like a proper answer or anything. I'll probably say it's either David Silva or Hazard, to be honest. They're interesting ones, to be fair. David Silva's definitely somebody who I... Or Neymar. Yeah, yeah, there's good answers there all round. But any suggestions that people have got, you know, any first football memories and that, we'd love to hear what you guys have got to say, as always. But we'll move on to the next question, which is from at Seti Zach on Twitter. This is one that's very close to home for me. It'd be interesting to see what you guys think about it. But... His question was, are Manchester United still a top destination for some players, you know, considering where we're at at the moment and with players like Donny van der Beek coming and not hitting it off? I think and, you are. And I, don't think there's, I, don't think, I don't think there's much argument to be had. I think you are. Put it this way, right? If you're like an agent, you're wanting to get your clients to United, to Chelsea, to Arsenal, to Real Madrid, to Barcelona, to Liverpool, you know, regardless of how they're doing, you're going to want to take your client to the really big clubs and that's never going to change in my opinion. And United are always going to have the money, the wages, like, not being funny, and with respect, a lot of these um, footballers, like French footballers, well, foreign footballers outside of England, like, most of them grew up supporting Manchester United, Liverpool, you know, like, it's just like Arsenal. How many Frenchmen are, like, how many French players are Arsenal fans because of Wenger and stuff like that? Hold like, on. 
for example, uh, say there's a French player, right? Lille, for example, right? Uh, he could be the best player at Lille. If Arsenal come calling and they're in the Europa League, like, yeah, he's going. If, he's, if they can get the money, he's going. Same That's with United. Like, How Thomas many people Parsley, are United like, fans? He was in the Champions League, but he's a diehard Arsenal fan, so he had that all prepared, which is quite exactly. mad. And, and it just and shows this... how... Yeah, how big English football is. And with respect, some may say Liverpool are the biggest club in England. Some say United are. Wherever you stand on that, United are arguably the biggest club in England. You know, they've won multiple Champions Leagues. Like, there's no there's no question that you're going to earn the most money when you go there. There's, like, I think they're definitely a destination. And they're going to be in the Champions League next season. I'd say there's one slight little hold on that, though. I'd say... If you are a player, I know some players have been rejecting like Real Madrid a bit more like than you would have seen like ten years ago or something. Because you know when Real Madrid come calling for you, it's like oh wow, you know Real Madrid. But certain players, I think Kunde was one who rejected Real Madrid at one point. I might be wrong there, but that's maybe a bad example. But I think if you are like a player who plays in Bruno or Pogba's role and they signed a new contract, then you probably would like not go to United. But um, like with how Van der Beek stuff went out, but I think any other position, and you probably, you're definitely. Gonna well, I think I, I thought that topic could um, spark a bit more debate. Obviously, I, I do agree. I feel like, well, I mean, we're we're always going to be a big club, and obviously, he mentioned he mentioned Ollie's CV and the Donny Van der Beek thing in this question. I mean, obviously, I do feel like now we're in a much better position than we were two years ago. I feel like, obviously, I don't think it affects anything. I think players will still come, however, but. The position we were in under Mourinho two years ago, I could see why players would want to turn us down. But with the Donny van der Beek thing, I don't think that's—I don't think that should be a put off for a player. To be honest, yeah, kind of annoys me as well. I don't think Donny's got the right mentality. Sorry, like a a a player that wants to come in, for example, just call him. He could be a United fan. He could not. But like, say, he's a big player. United come calling. He wants to go there. Why should he look at someone else and go, oh, well, he didn't get the minutes he was after, so that means I'm not going to. If they want you, you're obviously, if you work hard enough and you know you're good enough, you're going to go. Yeah, you, why wouldn't you? You're going to work. You're so long as you're adaptable, the socks off. Yeah. versatile to the position. Because realistically, I, like, I, I also get what you're countering with what I said. Because if you're a player, you know, if you've got confidence in yourself, you're like, oh, well, they've got these players. Yeah, they're, you know, they're starters. But what can I do to force my way into that team? I just think with obviously I don't want to go too off topic with him but I don't really think you can blame Solskjaer the club or anyone for him well I think you could blame the club for giving Solskjaer a player he didn't want Yeah. but you can tell that he's just so out of place in our team and like it's, I like him as a player but power agency though as well I, I was well happy when we signed him I thought it was actually a really smart signing but it just hasn't really worked out and I don't know how many of you guys watched our game against Leicester obviously we spoke about uh, it slightly on last time but He's yeah. such a different player to Bruno Fernandes. He's such a key player for us. He's he slows everything down. He's a bit more passive. Ev- everyone goes on about Bruno and the hero ball stuff, but like when you get the complete opposite in Donny Van der Beek, you realise how much you miss a player like Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Obviously, Donny Van der Beek has got his, you know, he's got his qualities. The dummy for Greenwood's goal was quality. That's a thing that not many players would do. But I feel like he he's the sort of player that he's good at give and goes and stuff like that. But he doesn't really go searching for the ball, so the game just passes him by quite easily. And it's yeah. unfortunate, but I just think it's sort of the wrong player, and I don't I think, think that's really anything. I honestly feel like if he did hit confidence, you'd see a different player. Like when Erdogan started playing for us, um, you know, it looked like he wasn't going to control the game or anything, and he looked a bit passive at points. 
because the moment he got his first goal and the goal after that, he's just really kicked on and gone for it. And I think one thing which kind of frustrates me as well about the whole situation, there may have been like one or two remarks, but it's all assumptions. Like there's no, you know, I'm sure Van der Beek will be wanting to play football, but I'm sure Ole would have told him, you know, like, you, I'm sure you'll get your chance, you know, you've just got to take it. I, I can't imagine he's furious or anything like he's upset, you know, United right but now. People, people, all people say that he should be playing more, but like, why? You're not going to no like, take up Bruno Fernandes for him. Where else is he going to play him? When he's had his chances, not, he hasn't took him. You're not going to play him deep. You're not going to play him Bruno's role. You're not going to play him in Pogba's role. You're not going to play him out wide. And if, <laughs> yeah, you're just not. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't get some people who are like, oh, you've got to play this player in the 11. Like, you can't. People that will squeeze him and go, oh, this should be our 11 next season. And he's got a double pivot of Pogba and Van der Beek. It's like, you can't just like put names on paper. <laughs> Like, I don't even want to call Van der Beek a luxury player because you don't need him. Like, you don't at all. And obviously, I know that's what a luxury player means. But, like, McTominay's coming off the bench more, starting more, because he actually has a role with a team. He knows what he's doing. He fixes yeah, that's, that's it. Fred. He's defensively and, oriented as well, which is what I don't United want, lack I don't more want to talk. I don't want to talk about, his, like, the transfer too much because I know we're coming on that later. But I don't think he should be at United next season for both parties. I wouldn't, I think I wouldn't alone blame him or the club if he could, but even a loan move like he goes out on loan does well comes back it's still going to be the same situation unless he magics into a six like, some sort of like buyback I mean like a loan just to you know get confidence up and then who knows you know what Pogba's future I'm sure he'll stay at United but you never know, you know so. I just I just find it laughable how Oli wanted Grealish and got given Van der Beek like I, I don't see how that's Honestly, any sort of similarity how... it's baffling I don't understand. I just want to say just quickly before we move on to this topic, great question for discussion. Well, how it's crazy like how powerful agencies are in football or certain people are. A club doesn't want a player, yet he still goes to that club because of an agency or because of a player. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about any club, any agent, sorry, would want their client to go to Man United because of the money they offer, because of the size of the club. And... Yes. Well, with, with that, crazy. it literally was Edwin van der Sar saying to Man United, Donny's a good player, would you want him? And Wood was like, yeah, brilliant. A good established player for a cheap price, let's get him in. Oli obviously didn't want him, and it's not worked out. It's a shame, but I don't think that's anything on the club. Like, if anyone's going to go around saying, oh, United ruined van der Beek, that's just not the case. But it's unfortunate because I don't have, I, I feel like I'm slandering him for too much here, but he's a good player, but it's just not the player we need. But anyway, we've diverted. But thanks very much for that question. Great discussion again. We'll move on now to a question from um, at Bakayo. Uh, Corey, great, um, you know, great support from you. We all really do appreciate it, as always, pushing out the pod as much as you do. Um, he says, are Mbappe and Haaland comparable? Or do you think they are comparable or are you normal? I don't, so, um, I don't. I don't care if I'm normal. They are comparable, definitely. I don't think so, personally. I, d- I don't. I don't see what Mbappe. Player. I don't see what Mbappe puts out on the pitch that Holland doesn't. Like, I think. Yeah, I think they're, they're compared. You just got such different players. That they're compared because they are young forwards. Oh, yeah, it's like Messi and Ronaldo, they should never be compared players, players, I get but... but when you mean compare, I hate it when people say you can't compare this player and this player. I understand that, but I, I'm able to say who I think is the better player in any scenario, I think. Like, people are like, oh, you can't say Messi's better than Ronaldo because they, they play different. No, that's stupid. Like, I understand that they're both, they're already world class. They're both already world class. I think people get scared to call Hall and world class, and I don't know why. 
because I'd say elite even. He definitely is. He's yeah, like and they are completely different players. Holland, he, he, Holland doesn't have the same technical ability as Mbappe. He doesn't. He, he doesn't have the versatility, but he's much better in front of goal. He's much more clinical. Like the numbers he puts out, it, like when when you mean comparable, I don't want to say. Um, you know, it's such a it's such a faint word because comparable. Does it mean who's the better player or who's better at certain attributes? Because I'd argue Holland is just as good as Mbappe, but Mbappe's got a, a much wider skill set. Yeah, it's all it's all context, I think, as well, and how you course, choose yeah. to compare. Like, if we're talking about comparing who's better, you'll have yeah. to give an answer, but it's also a bit silly to give an answer. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with you know comparing the two, because as you'd expect, the two of the hottest prospects in world football at the moment will be for a long time, but. You've got Mbappe, as you said, who's very versatile, can play on both, like anywhere across the forward line. Then you've got Holland, who's a pure goal scorer. He still links up play well as well. He's absolute beast in the air. You know, very tall player. So, and you wouldn't see Mbappe, you know, utilizing that sort of role. You'd see Mbappe more the type to cut insides. Um, you know, of, of run course, at defenders. They are nothing alike, are they? Like, and absolute, Holland is incredibly alike. strong. So, I, I understand Corey when. He says, you know, <laughs> or, or are you normal? But I think there's quite a few perspectives because I spoke to him. About yeah, this no, I get, I get what you mean. Obviously, yeah. they're, they're both young players playing in the same position. So, of course, they're comparable in that sense, but they are different. They have different play styles for sure. So, like, I mean, a similar players to Mbappe is definitely not Holland. And... Yeah, he's on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't really know how to interpret it. Like, obviously, they're going to be compared because they're both young fours, like I said. But obviously, you know, obviously people say, oh, Real Madrid might sign Mbappe or they might sign Holland, but they're two diff- completely different players. Yeah. So it shouldn't really be one or the other, if you get what I mean. Like, yeah. yeah. You can sign, they could sign both of them. Yeah, you can I, sign both of them and it works because yeah. Mbappe's so versatile. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be one or the other. I mean, like, if they ever play on the same team, I fear for any opposition they play against. But. <laughs> like, so, like, yeah, like, like I said, compar- comparison is such a weird thing because it all does come down to context. But in my opinion, they, I think they are as good as each other. I, I wouldn't say Mbappe is better than Holland. Maybe I'm wrong. People, people probably aren't going to like that, but it's just my opinion. But I think you can make a case for either or, to be honest. But I think I, Mbappe yeah. is the more valuable player because of the, you know, because of how versatile he is. Like, well, and, so and sound, he's doing it for longer. It's going to sound really silly, but like he's he's much more marketable than Holland is. Of course yeah. he is, yeah. He's won a World Cup as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, Holland, you know, but also, this isn't like any sort of insult to Holland or anything like that. But I think nostalgia, not nostalgia bias, I think recency bias is also a massive thing, and that's nothing against Holland because obviously it will be. But I think some people also forget, like, Mbappe in that Monaco team carried them what to quarters of the semis, it's unbelievable. Against City carried them in the league that season, won the World Cup, all at like 18 or 19, which is unheard of for a teenager, and now. Holland is somewhat replicating that, but not to the same degree. Because obviously, he's not going to win the World Cup in Norway, even though they've got some good players. But, and obviously, at Bruce Dortmund as well, similarish development club to Monaco. Well, so it's, no one, it's, it's, not, it's not fact that Dortmund aren't going to go through. They probably won't. And it is quite funny how they both play Man City as well. Like, when Monaco played Man City, yeah. a much worse oh, So, Dortmund could. Well, it's possible Dortmund, they go through. Yeah, of course. I, I don't think they do. You know, but no, no. there you go. Like, I think... 
I short answer are they're not comparable as pl- they're not comparable as you in know, play styles in play styles but as players I think anyone's comparable the only attributes thing, not play actually there you go yeah and the only the only thing I don't think is comparable is errors I don't think you can compare players from errors because the game's completely different two players in the exact same game the can, yeah I, if you play on the same team and then you see which one's errors or if they play alongside similar sort of fullbacks, for example, and there's two centre backs where one makes way more errors than the other, then that's fair enough. But if you have like certain errors in a game for one team, certain errors, then few errors in another team, which is a better team, and you can't really say much. But yeah, great no, question. I, I completely agree. Great question again. Very interesting debate. But we'll move on now. Uh, we've got a question from at UCL Winners. He says, "Do we think Klopp will win the Premier League or Champions League again with Liverpool?" So, tail pass this one straight over to you. What do you think? Um, it, I think it depends on Man City, not Liverpool. I think it depends on what Man City do. Because um, I think Klopp is a good enough manager to go ahead and do it if he's given the tools to work with. And we'll go on to like, the transfer news later. But, like... He needs a deep, much deeper squad than he has now, and he needs to. It's not not all on Fenway Sports Group, but this he needs to sort himself out as well. He needs to he needs to, to stop being so you know having favourite players who aren't good enough to play anymore. He needs to be more ruthless, and he needs to figure out like a second or third way of playing the game. And maybe maybe he will. He's more than good enough to, and I think he'll win the Champions League again with us in the next five years. But another question, sure. I think, mattered is. How long do you think he'll stay at Liverpool for? Do you think he'll be a very long-term situation? Well, he signed a new contract until like last year or two years ago now, until 2025, and I think it, I think that will be the end for him. I think that's common knowledge among Liverpool fans and himself. I think he's well documented that he'll stay until you know he'll stay four more years and then he'll leave unless he gets sacked before, which I don't see happening. No, I don't I, think it. I don't think FSG can do that because obviously they are they are um, built on success for my sports group. And if you get rid of their most successful manager in the last twenty years, it's not going to go down well. So, you know. Yeah, I think I think you've got three main factors to think about as well um, with this question. Um, one of them is Man City because yeah, yeah, we all know how City are. Um, another one is how well Liverpool can motivate and pick themselves back up after you know quite a disappointing season, especially considering what's yeah. happened beforehand. You know to have that desire like they did when they missed out by a few points to Man City and still got one of the highest Premier League totals ever. Yeah. Um, and then the third one is Klopp getting backed because even in games you're not playing well, you have players like Mo Salah, you have players like Mane last season and Firmino. You know who will dig you out of trouble, but Liverpool need those sort of sufficient replacements who will do a good job and will replace someone like Mane if if he did leave or if Mane can't pick himself up again. Which yeah, you know, it's still still a top quality footballer. He's just looked really off it. For I hate I, I've said this time and time again. I hate blaming everyone on the injuries, but I think this season, as of the last three months, it is just a write off. Now, I think we need to do what we can to get back into Europe, ne- the Champions League next season, and we just need to evaluate what we're going to do in the summer and then go again because. A lot of it, whether it's players not being on the pitch, but it's mentally draining as well. You have to remember Henderson as well is such a big part of that team, and he hasn't even been round the team because he's been injured as well. It's so it must be so demoralising. So even for someone like Mane, like yeah, you know, thinking that Van Dijk's out, thinking that he has three top centre backs out, 
thinking that this player's out, this player's out, you know? It's, Especially it's with, again, he, I know Pep had something similar gone on, and I think, I know a lot of people have as well, so I'm not just saying it, like, yeah. to, to feel bad, but even with Klopp's family issues and stuff, like, it is just, it just seems like an anomaly season to me, and next season, I think, like I say, we'll go in the transfer market, we'll see who, we, who needs to leave, who needs to come in, and the next season, I feel, will be better than, well, we'll, we'll try and be close to the level that we once were, but, I think FSG will have to spend as well because they'll know. I, I, think, no I, think, again, I, will, I do want to touch on this on the later question, but I think they will. I think they will this yeah. summer. Uh, what, what's your answer then? Uh, yeah, I think it will. I think it will. What about you, Matt? I'd say, yeah, I think Champions League. I think I think they definitely could. I wouldn't say with confidence that they will because but then again we always say, Oh, City, Liverpool, Chelsea are gonna dominate the league for years on end. It never happens. So like yeah. you never know what's gonna happen next season. Liverpool, United, Chelsea could make a run and win it. No one knows, like the Premier League is so unpredictable. So I can't say with confidence I think he will, but I think it's I'm not I'm not confident, but I have I but I do have faith for Obviously that this season you, you I mean you've had a fairly favourable draw. It could happen, no. Uh, no, um, I think if we do manage to get past Real, I think assuming Chelsea beat Porto, I can see Chelsea getting to the final this season. Um, that would definitely be a good. Uh, good yeah, game. but I, maybe not this season because um, there's no way in a Champions League final we can hold up with the options we have now. Obviously, people should say, "Oh, Van Dijk could be back." There's no point. Like, we're still trying It'll to decide whether really... we should go to the Euros. Dumb to play him anyway. Exactly, yeah. I think I can't see us getting past Madrid. To be fair, but I, I'm trying to I'm trying to look past this season. Like for me, it's already done. I just want to know who's um you know who's going to win the Champions League, and then then we'll go. For, like I say, uh, my mind's already at the start of next season. To be honest. No, fair enough. Good answers. We'll move on again. We've got three questions to go. This one is from at United Ethan. He says. That's not me, by the way. What are our thoughts on Allegri and do we think he will join a Premier League club this summer? Uh, no. No. I think, it's, I think it says volumes to Premier League clubs like Chelsea have been without a manager and he's still jobless. Yeah. I don't think I don't I don't think there's a job for him. Like you said, obviously Ollie's not going anywhere, Arteta's not going anywhere, neither Klopp, Pep Tuchel, obviously. The only one that's potentially there is Spurs. They, they're talking about why uh, would why would Spurs go for like as well, aren't they? Similar yeah. one either, like not to go off topic either here, but as you say, they are going for someone Nagelsmann, someone Graham Potter, Scott Parker, someone with a rebuild type of phase would be best suited for them. So I think they'd be utterly stupid and I naive think, to go first. I think the tele- I think the Telegraph report is that um, if Mourinho goes before the end of the season, Nagelsmann will be the first choice. So, like you say, it speaks sort of volumes that. He, he's a free agent, but they'll still you know, try and prize a really talented young manager out of a club that's going to cost them a bit of money. So I, when I you think about it as well, um, Chelsea they sacked their manager halfway through the season. Allegri's a free agent, bear that in mind. Tuchel's just been sacked, whether you whether it's right or not, he's been sacked by PSG, yeah. and they've employed him over someone who's been unemployed for a few years. So I think that just says enough, really. And so I think he's of- linked to Shakhtar a few years ago as well. So. What do we think of him? You you cannot deny he's a good manager. For me, personally, I don't like that style of management. So when people link into United, I personally would rather he didn't. But I don't think you can deny the fact that he is a good manager. He's got a great track record. Maybe, yeah, maybe back to Italy or something. I don't know. 
I'm just I don't think he'd be good for the Prem at all. I don't, I don't think, I don't think he player. wouldn't be good. I just think there isn't really, based on the part of the question which says, will he join the Premier League this summer? I don't think there's a job there for him. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. Like I said, you can't deny he has a New- track record. And... Newcastle Newcastle might have something for this day up, but other than that, I don't see him going anywhere else in the league. That's if they get that Saudi takeover, which seems to be off. So. I mean, you never know. Like, genuinely like, serious. On the opportunity they do manage to get one in this summer... Like Allegri's got All no. All I'm saying is Ancelotti is at Everton. And yeah, that's true. That three years yeah. ago. Like Newcastle aren't a small club. I mean, no, I know, I know. And Matt's I don't, point is I don't even think like you know a mid-table club that could be a good point for Allegri to come back. You know, prove his worth in the managerial industry still, and then convince top clubs that he's still yeah. you know he's still a good option. Because if he goes straight to a big club, flops there, I think his managerial career. In a, at the top level, with you know, I mean, like top top level is as good. If as, you if you went to Newcastle, you, like the players wouldn't even have to change the system that much. You've also, you know, yeah. K- Kieran Newcastle, Clark, if you're Martini under, we've got you, your future manager. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is certainly an interesting concept. But yeah, I do. I, uh, that's an interesting point you made about the fact he might have to join a lower club to prove himself again, similar to Ancelotti. I could actually see that to be fair. But yeah, thanks for that. Um, question again we'll move on now to our penultimate question which is from at mcfc baller he says what will well, i mean we're gonna have to do this slightly briefly because it's quite a big topic but what's the ideal transfer window for each of the top six i mean there's a couple that will debate but can we start one through six then what start no, so six? start start with city and work yeah sure, sure okay right, sure okay. so i mean a striker well yeah <laughs> yeah a left back Feel free to give names as well. I think it has to be a left, um, a left back. People yeah. talk about a striker and yeah, they need to score goals, but I know Zinchenko's doing a good enough job there, but like they're on about, is it Nuno Mendes from uh, Sporting? Yeah. Like Sporting. maybe he can come in, but is there, is there a lot of, um, is there a lot of, you know, is there many good left backs in the market right now? Yeah, Hernandez, but. Yeah, I mean. I don't know if he'd be expensive though. He cost yeah. a lot, yeah, because he's a star athlete. I mean, they've got a lot of great players, they see, but I think he'd be a star player for them. I mean, he is a star player. He's one of their best. And about, even when they were struggling, gone through tough times. What about the uh, striker? Obviously, the two names that have been thrown about are Haaland and Kane, but considering City's transfer record is £60 million, I don't know if I can see them forking out £150 million plus for one of those two. Yeah, I, I can't, Kane, Kane's very unrealistic. I, I can't see it. I really can't. Yeah. I might be controversial, but I can't see either. Uh, no, uh, Kane, Kane, Kane might leave. I think, like like I was saying earlier, Lukaku would be perfect for them. Um, I think Holland. I think Holland will happen. Yeah, and I think I think Lukaku would be great. Look, Lukaku, Lukaku is a great striker, and he has obviously improved since being at United. And he's a great finisher of the ball, but we know what his limitations are. And like I in don't, a I don't system, think I'm yes. I don't think that's true anymore, though. I think like him this season has showed how much he's changed as a player. Like, everyone still has that narrative of, you know, obviously the memes of first touch and all that. But I think he's become such a, such a, such more of a complete player, I guess. And I think he'd have a big point to prove after, you know, it didn't end so sweetly at United. I do agree. I think he has improved, but I, I don't know I don't, if he'd uh, be the man for them, personally, okay, in my opinion. Okay, can, can, City po- can City possibly look at a player like... um? Like yeah, like Yao Felix, because if yeah. anyone's got the money to get him out of, they well, do. Well, but that that just says that just goes back to the Holland and Kane point. I don't know if I can see him splashing out 100 million plus, and like even for the likes of Latoro, Felix, Hain, uh, Kane, or Holland, they're all going to be over 100 million. 
Well, they will be. They, they, they will be signing a player like Ivar Holland or. I, I, I don't know though. I really don't. They have to. Like they can't. With it, they, like I say they can't. They probably can persist with Jesus, but I don't think he's good enough. Yeah, but they haven't but even played say, with him. But do not also flip it off a tiny bit and say that they continue with this non-striker, develop someone like uh, Delap as a you know a bench option if you will to offer the height, or maybe buy someone a bit cheaper like a Danny Ings type, and then go all out. I saw they were linked with like mm. Jack Greenish, you know. Yeah, right. maybe, like, like that's a good, that's a good point you bring up. Maybe they do persist with you know not a, really a stri- having a striker. Everyone always bring it says in someone like Danny Ings who can come everyone, off the bench and score a goal. Like, everyone always goes on about the fact City haven't had a striker this season, and you know that sounds all impressive and it completely is. Don't get me wrong, but I think they've also showed you don't have to play with one, and that may be what they want to go with for the future. I'm sure they want to. I'm sure they'll get a striker because you know they can't not replace Aguero. Like there's no chance they don't. But, but um, it'd be a big I think, name. I think it's also important. I think they kind of have to get quite a big name because you know City fans they go from Aguero to you know this player who's not of but the same. Like no said a minute ago, to, to land one of the four that we just mentioned, they're going to have to probably double their transfer record and. Obviously, they have spent a lot of money in the past, but their sort of way of doing it with, hasn't really been like that. With, with, a, with a player like Aguero off the books and stuff, I think it is time for them to move on and make a splash, maybe. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I think, I, this think... Is, I think this is the year that they could, you know, really start to you know, financially hurt the market, in a sense, yeah. you know what I mean? No FFP as well, I think that's yeah. important to bear in mind. Maybe they've been a bit more cautious with... Slightly smaller, obviously 60 million under is still a lot, but slightly smaller in terms of they haven't absolutely broken the bank on a single player. So they've also been quite an efficient club. Obviously, they've had quite a lot of misses as well as pits. Yeah, of course. The hits they've had have been unbelievable. You're not going to get every hit every time. So it's interesting to think about, really. Yeah, I think we'll have to see, won't we? But we'll have to move on to the next club because we have got five more to cover. But if we're going from first sixth, we'll go with United next. Um, straight up for me, I think there's three positions that I think need addressing, and that's right winger, centre defensive midfielder, and centre back. Not right back. For me, mm, as much as I don't like, <laughs> as much as I don't like, I, think Saka, right I don't think that's a priority. Yeah, I think right. a centre back that can start next to Maguire, a defensive midfielder that can hold the pitch down on his own to allow others to move forward to save us playing back. like two it's... holding midfielders like we have so much this season and a right winger who can create and score that's I think simple. if you come out I think if you come out the summer window without Declan Rice and it's a crime I'd love to you've sign gotta, I think he'd be you've got to go all oh, out for him because if, if, if you don't get him then another team could easily get him because he's easily one of the best yeah if, if I were United you, get, you gave me three players like real well realistically if you gave me like a lot of money I think realistically they walk out this window with Sancho Rice and a Canate or is it just Kunde? Or I, I don't know. Like Declan Rice has been there for me. I don't think they'll sign a centre back. You know. I, I, know, I, I, think... I don't think you. I don't think you will. But I think you should. Because um, you've think, even got someone is... like not that he's even like good enough now, but someone like Ted and Mengi. You know, obviously Tanzeri is still young as well. So United have got quite a lot of centre back options, even with like Bai, who's often not the best with availability but at the end of the day then Maguire and Lindelof isn't a good partnership and like you said Bai's very injury prone I feel the only doubt I have is I don't think any of the centre-backs available convinced me to the point that they'd come in and solve everything like my first probably Jules my first choice would probably be Jules Kunde, but I'm not sure if he'd come in and obviously he'd improve us I think him and Maguire would work really well together and obviously 
Wamsaka's got his, you know, Stramps and Shaw's been unbelievable this season. So that is a good bat for, but I don't think it would solve the defence to the point where we could challenge for a title. But I feel like we still do need to address that area. But, I mean, we can't talk about this forever. So quickly, I mean, Declan Rice, I think, would be perfect. I think Rice has to sign. Like, if Lingard's going to go the other way, Rice has to sign. I feel like that's that's a great little bargaining tool we've got there with Jesse Lingard. Yeah. Declan Rice, Bruno and Pogba. I know there's been... You know how many times a United fans said, "Oh, this is an unreal midfield," but I feel like that's one really the best is. around. Yeah, so that pe- is, a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people aren't going to like this because I feel like Rice f- falls into the same category almost as what Mason Mount used to fall into, as he was overhyped because he was English. But that, let's complete lies because he is fantastic. He's borderline yeah. world class. I do think so, so good. Obviously, the right wing goes without saying. We haven't had one since Ronaldo. I think like my top choices would probably be either Sancho or Rafinha. But if we sign Rafinha, it would annoy me to an extent considering he was available for 14 million last summer, but nobody could pick I up still, that deal apparently other than Leeds. But Sancho would be my first choice that, for that. I still think you need a like someone like Sancho, I guess, because he's a creative winger, they'll be absolutely fine. But that right wing has always been a stagnated position for United, no matter who you've signed. So I still feel that uh, you need to get a right back to compensate for, you know all your play going down the left-hand side. So someone like Ashraf Hakimi would be brilliant, I feel. But, yeah. I don't think we'll replace AWB, though. But Oh, no, I, you won't, because it's £50 million on... I'll be interested to see how he plays yeah. with an actual right-winger in front of him. Because uh, he, 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 he can't not attack. He, you know, he's got a couple of good crosses, assists and that, but he just can't do it consistently. But if you had someone like Sancho in front, obviously the burden would be taken off him a little bit. But just last thing on this topic, keeping Pogba is as big as a sign-in. So yeah, I really that, that is that true. As well. He's like, if, if as, you... much as, as much as people want to get on his back, just watch him against AC Milan and tell me he's not a world-class midfield player. It says you, I think if you lose Pogba, it sets you back four signings, three signings. Absolutely, like, completely yeah. agree. If, if you're going to, like, not being funny, if you, if like, in a realistic scenario, I don't think this is what happens, but this is something that Liverpool would do. You sign Declan Rice, but you lose Pogba, it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah, like, we've, Rice we've is there it. for Pogba. Do you know what I mean? So and you have to sell to buy, to... but it's not just selling an average player. You're selling one of the best. We yeah. need to sell him the project. We need yeah. to be like, we're going to sign Sancho Rice in a sense, but we're going to challenge for the league. And then I think he, I think, I think he'll stay anyway. But... He, turns tw- he turns 29 next year, so it yeah. is crunch time, isn't it, for him? We we need to sell him the project, and then I think he'll be happy to stay. But anyway, He but... actually wants to do business with Raiola, I thought, just say as well. Yeah, yeah, true. But we'll, we will move on now. To Chelsea, I suppose, are next. We've, I mean, we are avoiding teams like Leicester and West Ham here, but they're not quite in the question. I'm sure we'll talk about them in the near future. But Chelsea is an interesting one because obviously they've got a good squad and they spent a lot of money last summer, but none of these players are Thomas Tuchel's players. So, yeah, that, three this, signings that, for them. I think, this, I think this will be really interesting. Say, so we've done the three cons- signings. Well, the two consensus United, is but... a striker, isn't it? Like, that's what everyone's saying. And I was speaking to my, my mate Josh, who is a Chelsea fan, and I was saying, if you bring in a striker, one of them has to go, and it's not going to be Werner. So it's between Giroud and Sammy, and I think Sammy will go. Even though, even though a few weeks ago I was on it, I said he could, he is good enough to play for a club like Chelsea, which I believe he is. I think he should move on. Um, so I don't want to talk about outgoings too much, because I don't think there'll be many of them. But I think Tammy will go, and they'll bring in a striker. The other place is centre-back, isn't it? Because, and like, don't get me wrong, Christiansen... Um, Exactly, yeah. I saw they were linked to Conate as well. Don't get me wrong. They've got Thiago Silva, who I imagine they will extend for another year. Yeah. Yeah. I think think also something to bear in mind as well. 
um, when you say, you know, like when people say, oh, two shell signings or Tuka Sandu Murphy on the call there. But I think also quite a lot of the players um, at Chelsea would suit Tuchel to a T for oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Hoops or systems, three the back, he plays like Havertz, Werner, even like Ziyech, Pulisic, Hudson. Even a player like Kante is going to, other than Surrey, he's going to suit everyone, isn't he? Like, it's going to suit everyone's play style. Like, it's going to be so easy to slot in. You've got Aspilicueta, who can, you know, he will happily give you a 7 out of 10, like, whatever position he's going to play. It's not always fantastic, but he's a lot of consistency there. If I if I were to sign three players at Chelsea, I'll go for a goalkeeper, a centre-back, and a, and a striker. I'd also be fair to Mendy as well, though, to be fair. Um, he's been brilliant for Chelsea recently. He, he started off brilliantly, had a bit of a fall-off, and he's looked really good. Uh, I think that I've never really been convinced with him, um, and that's purely because he doesn't have anything to do, and that's credit to Tuchel, isn't it? Like, But he's like he's got, like what, the most clean sheets in the league this season? That's It's never a good metric to judge a keeper by clean sheets, I'll say that much. No, yeah, I, I agree. That's, but this is what I mean. He has the most clean sheets in the league, or second most, and I still don't think he's a top-ten keeper in the well, league. I, I still I think he may suit a club like... Chelsea, you know. I, I just don't see him, I just don't see him well. sticking out. Not the best. I, think, I don't know. I think, if, I mean, yeah, they might do next season. They, they might do. But I think if you ask a lot of Chelsea fans, they'll tell you they can definitely upgrade. It's not the most, you know, he'll be okay for another year, definitely. But he's not the most reliable keeper if you are going to push for trophies, in my opinion. And, yeah, only, and I think, I, think I am being slightly harsh because he's only had, I what, six, so. seven months, but. I don't think they should replace him in the summer instantly, though, but... It shouldn't be know, a priority. I think a bit, a bit harsh, because, you know, at that point, regardless of um, money, you've got to put a bit of common sense into it as well. From a, from a player point of view, if someone like Mendy has been brilliant since coming in, for the most part, you know, and stats more or less show that by that bit of a dodgy period he had, and then he gets replaced instantly, I think that would maybe push players away from wanting to go to Chelsea. I think we were talking about this earlier, but like, if a player has done well when he's still getting replaced, that would make a lot of lesser signings not want to go to Chelsea. So I think it's I suppose, I suppose it depends on who's on the market because I've seen a lot of Chelsea fans talking about Donnarumma. Donnarumma's not an upgrade on Ebola Mendy. So Donnarumma's see... good, but I think people have some like, imagination that he's like, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't get it. Like, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't spend money elsewhere. I wouldn't spend money on Donnarumma when you have Ep- uh, Mendy. Like, when there aren't, places that there aren't many interest. top keepers either in the market right. nowadays. Right. Oblak's obviously very good. Um, De Gea obviously fell off. Alisson's obviously very good. And fell off a bit, but isn't obtainable anyways. Um, you've got players like Mike Meganan who'd be a great shout considering the yeah, French I feel, situation. I think that's a, I think that's a big target, isn't it? But yeah, who knows? Who knows for yeah. sure? They are. I think they are the most. You know, like in the big in the classic top six. I think they are the most. You know, no one really knows what's going to happen with them. They might sign no one. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, yeah, I had a big summer last point. year, but I, I've done it now. Hold back on. Spend it again, but yeah, I mean, probably best move on from them now. We've got three more clubs to cover. We'll go next to I can't believe Spurs are above Liverpool and League. We'll go with Spurs. Um, for them, I think we have to speed up a little bit, but yeah, we'll, we'll say centre back for sure, no right back. I say right back, and maybe another attacker depending on Bale's future. They need a, they need another winger. Yeah, yeah. both Bo- not reliable enough. Yeah, both aren't reliable. Sadly, targets quickly centre back. Um, I know Matt talks about Sabitzer a lot. Not you, Matt. The other Matt. Sabitzer. Oh, centre-back. 
Um, Botman's a big one that they're looking at. I yeah. think Botman would be really good. Gino Romero from Atalanta is brilliant. Romero, yeah. Romero right. would be a good good signing for Tottenham, actually, because I don't think it'll cost them too much either. I could uh, see him costing more than a usual young defender just because he's really like, come out you know, so well this season. They are playing Champions League football at the moment, so I mean, they've got knocked out, but like, presumably get top four. I don't, I don't, Tottenham aren't going to go out and spend 70 million on a centre half. That's not going to happen. So I think, I think you know. It, it will be one of. It also it also depends on the management. Bruno might not even be there. Yeah, I hope I hope they don't buy one of Bomman or Romero for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, no, I really so. don't want them to get Bomman. <laughs> but you know, I think that maybe like Dusan Katalakar that almost signed for Liverpool as well. He could be a good option for them. There's, there's a lot of good young defenders in the market. There, there is, yeah. Obviously, but... Kunde is another. Um, what's the Monaco fella called? I've not really watched much of him. I just know he's very highly rated. So I yeah, I think, he'd be a, I think he'd be a good project signing for Tottenham. But then, do you want do you want a project centre back when you've got a twenty eight year old, twenty nine year old Harry Kane? Like, Could you not also say as well that, not that old, Spurs you know. should go all out for someone who's like a not like really old per se, but go down like the Thiago Silva route of getting someone. There's yeah. not many on this market either. All I can think of is Boateng, who's not reliable enough in my opinion ever, yeah. and Sergio Ramos who. I just could never see in a special. Can you imagine if I took them? Yeah. <laughs> that would be rather funny. It, maybe even, it's not, I, they'll never pay his wages, but David Alaba as well, he's on the market. Isn't yeah, he? he's, he's up for grabs. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah, I think Real Madrid have agreed. Alaba, I mean, Alaba. Romano keeps saying that they've basically agreed stuff for them, but it's still up to Alaba. I, I see a few fans, especially Matt, talk about Vestergaard, but I don't I think he's it, all that. such a downgrade. No, I think he's a good player, but he's too risky. And he and he, oh, wow. he he had a, a two he had a good month or so and he's not had, he's not been awful ever since but he's nowhere near the level Tottenham need to be challenging I'll put it that way. Yeah, I think also right. why I said that old centre back as well was you, I think they they have two top quality young defenders who they've not given too much of a chance to recently until that Villa game and that's Joe Roden who I rate quite high and Jaffet Tanganga who I rate really high and he's also versatile so I yeah. think Spurs could go somewhere with someone like. Tanganga or Roden, as well as, you know, a Thiago Silva-like player. Even, I mean, if they tried to break the bank, for uh, this won't happen. But someone like Mark Kinney would be a dream signing for Spurs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's probably about enough on them, but very good suggestions again. We'll move on to Liverpool. Actually, there's been, I'm not sure how close it is, but something come out in the last few days that a deal is close for Ibrahima Konate. Centre a position that Liverpool obviously need to address, so I'll hand over to you today. What do you think of that and your idea window? For me, I think we need two centre backs, one of them being, um, you know, one of them being Konate potentially. You know, I think people worry about his injuries, but at the same time, he's 21, he looks to have all the potential in the world. You know, if, if Klopp trusts him, then I don't see why it's that big of an idea. Um, I think Kabak deserves to be the other one. I don't think that considering that Schalke are probably going to get relegated if he plays in the Champions League quarterfinal then plays Bundesliga 2 football the next year even though he's 21 I don't think that's fair whatsoever and I think he has justified us to buy him I think a striker is a big one even not maybe not to replace Firmino you can see the impact a player like Jota has a more direct player who's going to get into the box and get onto the end of you know direct crosses who can actually finish we're not going to break the bank on a striker. I think That's... Pedro Neto or Harvey Barnes could be a real option for. I can't see us. I can't see us spending that like much will, on an attacker. But... 
to be honest. I think like I think Marlon and Salah will, Salah will both say we'll have Firmino Yota next year. I think having a player like uh, we've been linked with Daniel Marlon, we've been linked with uh, Pats and Daka and stuff like that. A striker that you know it could be a bit of a project because I can see Origi going, who's more of a winger anyway. And lastly, a central midfielder is definitely needed, whether it's a Depaul type of player who can, you know, actually help us break a low block or it is just more cover. We've been linked with Sanderberg recently, who I'm not really a massive fan on. I think he's good, but I think it's a sideways step, even if it's just for depth. Because look, we're going to have to look at replacing players like Henderson soon, who are 30 now. Milner's 35 you know, Oxford Chamberlain's probably not at the level we need. Like, so one Alden's going to leave as well. So if uh, next season, realistically, we're looking at Fabinho, um, Henderson, if he's fit enough, Curtis Jones, Navigator, if he's fit, and the 36 year old James Milner. So what I think you'll go for is I think you'll get the ball. I think you'll try, your, your aim is to find more centre backs to then cover to make sure someone like Fabinho never has to drop into defence. Exactly, again, yeah. Which then means you don't have to spend as much on a midfielder. You've got a lot more creative friends than Naby Keita, Rodrigo De Paul if you get him. Yeah. And Curtis Jones as well I'd put in that bracket and Thiago can be but yeah. And then yeah. you've still got Henderson who probably has one more year left in him actually playing. Um Oxley Chamberlain who if you can cut your losses you try to but I don't know if you will. I think I think we can get a bit of money for him. I don't think he's deadwood in the Premier League. I just I think don't for think the way we'll sell him though. Like, I think no, I, this I, is what Klopp yeah, needs to be more ruthless. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oxley Chamberlain, like you can tell like in his interviews and stuff, he's he plays he plays with pride. So if he's not getting the game time he wants, he's gonna make it known and you know He's not better than the midfield options we have, so I think he should go. And I, I, Romano, I don't think Romano's that reliable whatsoever, to be honest. But I know he said we were looking into um, Renato Sanchez and stuff. But I think the, like Liverpool like to do their business in the shadows. Uh, where we're United, other than you know, other than Van der Beek, really, they like to do their maybe not like to do their business but their business is always known Arsenal's with parties is always in the media Liverpool are so discreet in the way they do things like and you do really well to do that we do do well yeah so obviously Fabinho was one of them Canate's another one that's come out of nowhere and I think the midfielder that we should sign this summer will be you know out of the blue I don't think it'll be big in the press until we know who it is because that's the way we like to do things I could see you getting someone like um, someone like Patterson Dakar as well, I rate quite high as a player, but it wouldn't surprise me if you went in for him. Yeah, I, I saw I saw an interesting article the other day that was linked because Ben Davies was meant to go to Celtic and it was linking us to Edwards as it's like a swap deal, but I just don't see it happening to be honest. I don't I, I don't see it really with Edward. Like I think he's a good goal scorer, but I don't think he's really good enough for the top six clubs. What, I might be completely wrong. What, there, what, but... what do you think, Ethan? Who do you, what do you think we need? Uh, I think, yeah, centre-back, probably another attacker, potentially a centre midfielder. But like Matt said, if Fabinho moves back into midfield, I think you'd be all right, to be honest. I think you've got enough depth there, but maybe. So, yeah, I think you've pretty much hit an L on the other. I can't disagree. A lot of positions, obviously, full-backs, goalkeeper, you're sorted in. Yeah, back-up goalkeeper as well. I mean, we can pick one of those up for free, I think. If Keller... if Lonergan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, like, I actually like Lonergan, but okay, I think Keller has. Is it Brad Jones as well? Brad Jones. Yeah. He's, he's on 35 now. <laughs> but 
yeah, uh, I think Kelleher, he could be good enough to, to back us up next season. But even like a Subasic for Monaco, who's out of contract, we just do need to, get, need to get some more numbers in. Because if we don't get a backup goalkeeper in Adrian's out the door, Kelleher's like 21, I think. And then we're looking at, you know, youth team players. And the Mount Allison's out injured. I feel like we could do really do with a solid it's not it's not too hard of a deal to get done though i suppose so you should be all right with that one but yeah we'll move on to the last club in this question and that's arsenal matt take it away what do you think well yeah we might be here for a bit longer than we want to um, we need a backup keeper no question about it if we can't get ryan on permanent um who don't know about but yeah good game for them um we need a backup left back and that's a certainty we need um we need a right back and that's also a certainty don't need really a sense of that considering. Um, we need midfield depth desperately. We need a creative winger, a striker, and Jane Odegaard, really. So, yeah, quite, quite a few that. that summer. Just quickly, if you had to prioritise three positions, though, what would you say? Oh, yes, three. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to include goalkeeper and left back because that should be, that should really be like a priority position. It should be like a necessity to get back up. Um, I think the number 10. Uh, cool. And number ten, the right back, and it's so tough between. Like, we need a creative winger just as badly as we need midfield depth, but we need midfield depth desperately. So, probably have to say that because if, like, like for whatever reason, our fans want Xhaka gone, still don't know why. We'd have Party, El Nenny, Torreira, who we want gone, Gwendozi, who we want gone. Uh, someone like Miguel Aziz, who's bound to step up soon enough, but obviously he's not quite ready. Charlie Patino, another one. Um, so yeah, there's not not many midfield options we've got, so we desperately need someone like Sanderberg, who I think we will get. Um, yeah, pretty much. Lovely job, right? We will cover this last question in a one-word answer because I don't want to ignore our good friend Emil, who asked us to talk about <laughs> the best Spanish player in Premier League history, which we're not going to have time to properly cover. Oh, but... Santi one word answer from everyone. Go. Take. Um, Fabregas. Matt. Silver. Oh, good shout. I'll, um. You, you can't Matt, say I'm, silver. I'm gonna say Fabregas. Uh, well done, mate. Yeah. So there you go, Demel. Oh, I didn't watch him sadly in his Arsenal days, really. So otherwise, I probably would be saying Fabregas. It's, it's yeah. maybe another poll for that one, but it's very, very tight between those two. To be fair, but. Or for other choice. Yeah, even De Gea has a shower, I feel, considering how good he was. Yeah, De Gea as well would be up there, but I'd say probably Fabregas. Santi didn't have injuries. So. Yeah. yeah, Torres is probably just the longevity that doesn't really get him up there with the other sort of guys. But yeah, we don't really have time to go into that in any more detail, not... unfortunately. But thanks very much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed this style of um, podcast again. Obviously, during the summer when there's less football outside of the Euros. I'm sure we'll go with this sort of approach again, but just quickly, we'll end on a bit of a sad note. Obviously, we've had some terrible news today in football and football sort of media that uh, sadly Claude has passed away from Arsenal Fan TV. It's very sad news. He was a very big personality in this sort of scene and thoughts go out to his friends and family. We're all devastated about the news and we're not sure what the cause was. Obviously, there's rumours that it's mental health. I mean, I don't really need to say this, but be kind to everyone. You never know who's going through what. So be kind, look out for your mates. But yeah, very, very sad news about that. So thoughts go out to him and his family. But yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. Hope you've enjoyed as always. If you want to interact with us and get involved with stuff like this in the future, you can check out our Twitter, which is at Big Six Pod. So yeah, as always, check us out, drop us a follow. That'd be very much appreciated. 
and again thanks very much for watching and we'll see you next week for our usual sort of style of pod after the football returns so stay safe guys enjoy the weather if you're from, if you're from england and stay safe if not don't <laughs> see you later guys